The move to deport Novak Djokovic is not just an exercise of Australian law. It represents an enforcement of collectivists' values against an athlete who sought to play by his own rules. This is an article in the New York Times by Damien Cave, posted on January 14th, 2022. He writes, what began as a power struggle between a defiantly unvaccinated tennis star and a prime minister seeking a destruction from his own pre-election missteps has turned into something far weightier and that is a public stand for pandemic rules and the collective good. Oh, that has been my whole thing about this episode. Collective good, do the right thing. Or don't, don't come. Don't attend events that require you to do things that you feel are against your personal choices and everybody's, you know, happy. Anyway, um, Mr. Cave continues to say, and the sinner of this moment is Novak Djokovic. He called him the sinner. Of course, you know what what he means. Australia, a proud sporting nation where the year's first tennis Grand Slam begins on Monday, which is today, hemmed and hawed about Mr. Djokovic for more than a week. Australians didn't much like how their government had summarily cancelled Mr. Djokovic's visa at the airport. After all, their lockdown obedience, yes, and vaccine drives, they were also unhappy about the celebrity athlete's effort to glide into the country while skirting a COVID vaccination mandate. I love that. His effort to glide. This is what Djokovic does. Forget your rules. He's going to try to glide. Oh, I love the choice of words here. Effort to glide into the country while skirting a COVID vaccine mandate. Hmm? It's crazy. This is a very good article. If you can go read it on the uh, New York Times. It's um, when tennis became a stage for right and wrong during a pandemic. That's the title. When tennis became a stage for right and wrong during a pandemic by Damien Cave. Posted on January 14th, 22. Like I said in previous episodes... I don't always have the right words, and there's so many other, you know, smart people out there that can put, that can express, you know, help me express my view on this with the right words, with just the right tone and so forth. So this is a brilliant, brilliant article. Mr. Djokovic sought to play by his own rules. First, he admitted submitting an entry form at the airport that falsely said he had not traveled internationally in the 14 days before he arrived in Melbourne. He had in fact been flying during that time between his native Serbia and Spain. The misstatement was a human error, he said. 
made by his agent, Percival, through his agent under the bus, and who's to believe that it was actually his agent? Novak comes across for me as somebody that is fully in control. He's a great athlete. You know, I can't imagine that he would just not be aware of what his team is doing, specifically when it comes to travel, all his arrangements, paperwork. He comes across as somebody that is organized and disciplined on, you know, things that matter to him. His health, his diet, his routine. I can't imagine that he could just sit back and, oh yeah, you guys handle that. No, he's in control, so I don't buy. Well, I don't know the truth about that, but my my thought is that I don't 100% buy that it was his agent that made the mistake. It is very much possible that they did that intentionally. So, who's to know? Who's to know? Of all his actions, which include a history of other dismissive stances toward the pandemic and sometimes petulant outbursts on the court, his behavior after receiving a positive test seems to be what set the world on edge over his moral compass. Mm-hmm. Refusing to get vaccinated was one thing, but withholding the fact that he was infectious, yeah, for him to do that photo shoot because he didn't want to disappoint that journalist, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Many Australians saw in Djokovic actions both dishonesty and a disregard for others. This is true. Some questioned whether he had really tested positive in the first place, given the convenient timing of his for his vaccination exemption, they could almost smell the arrogance in his behavior, and they found it rank, especially at this stage of the pandemic. You know? The community spirit that has defined uh, Australia's virus response with people grinding, literally grinding through lockdowns and longing for family as borders slammed shut only um, to then rush out for vaccines is in an uncertain place at the moment. Of course, we know Omicron is surging. You know, Australians indeed have made sacrifices during the pandemic. And that's why the, the, you know, the, um, the government, you know, said... That, hey, those results have to be, those sacrifices rather have to be protected. So, from a medical perspective, you can say, well, what's the problem? Asks Dr. Peter Colligan. I might be mispronouncing that. Last name is C O L L I G N O N a physician and microbiology professor at the Australian National University. Dr. Colling, no, I can't say his name, I'm sorry. C-O-L-L-G-N-O-N, Collignon, like Mignon, Filet Mignon, Collignon, I'm sorry, forgive me. Uh, He said that in the third year of the pandemic, the fact that Djokovic was fighting this, it raised the question of moral judgment. 
When do we stop punishing people for making bad decisions, he asked. Now, now, as before, the decent man is the one who doesn't infect anyone, as Albert Camus wrote in his novel, The Plague. And if the prime minister hadn't jumped on the cause, somebody else probably would have. Djokovic placed himself center stage in the arena where Australia often defines what it wants to be as a nation. So character is also what Australia's Migration Act demands of all migrants. A character test sits at the top, at the center of a provision that gives the immigration minister the right to deny or cancel visa for a whole wild range of reasons, you know? But for Djokovic, Australia's tough stance on border security seems to have delivered a result that many people can support, even if it means less interesting Australian Open. Well, it will actually be interesting. There are so many young athletes, so many good stories. I'm actually looking forward to watching it, simply because he won't be there. He's such a distraction, and I'm sure he was stressing his fellow athletes out, you know? No, it's going to be an exciting tournament. He, he just has the, a way of, rab, of rubbing people the wrong way, not just as fans, but even his own peers. I know, speaking of peers, Nick Kyrgios, how did I forget to talk about him in, in my last episode? Nick Kyrgios was the only one that came out forcefully without being politically correct in defense of Novak. And these two actually don't like each other, or at least until now. Nick has always been very, very outspoken about Djokovic in a negative way, where he actually say he doesn't like the guy. Nick has always also been, well, very good player, but he's he's also been, he's always been in trouble. Like, he's very, he's a little bit of a rebel too. So it didn't surprise me at all that Nick came to Djokovic's defense because uh, in a way they're similar in that they're defiant they're like it's all about me 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 like if you i I don't care what you say this is me this is me nick and this is novak like birds of the same feather and maybe that's why they kind of had a row at some point where they didn't like each other because they're so similar so (laughs) which is bad for novak the fact that nick curious is coming to your uh to your defense that's bad. I mean, he's the bad boy of tennis, Nick Kyrgios is. So very, very talented, but troubled in some ways. He's done some good things, obviously. He's not a bad man. He's just flamboyant in his ways, in his anger, in his, the way he speaks up, and how he's blatantly talked about Djokovic in the past. So I think... It's horrible that it's it says a lot about both of them. It says a lot about Djokovic that no no other player came out forcefully in his defense. A lot of them spoke out, but very in political politically correct terms. Andy Murray said something. Um, former player Marty Fish said something, and you know. But you're talking about. Roger Federer, Nadal, um, Serena Williams even, even if she's not in the tournament. 
Billy King. Um, I mean, all these people that, I mean, Rod Laver even said, well, yeah, he, he needs to be answered. So when the cream de la cream, as in the champion of hearts of tennis, don't come to your defense, that should say something. As in plainly, the way Nick Kyrgios came out for him. So I think that's bad for Djokovic. And for Nick, that's, you know, to be expected. That's who he is. So <clears throat> anyway, I loved um, this article written by Damien Cave, who is the bureau chief in Sydney, Australia. And this article is in the New York Times, again titled when tennis became a stage for right and wrong during a pandemic and this is a nice way for me to finally end my now four episode Djokovic rant thanks for listening (laughs) I know some people might be annoyed or just like oh get it over with already get over it well I love tennis a lot I'm a huge tennis fan and the whole thing just just imagine if you are uh if if you are like a super soccer fan or football fan or basketball fan and something like this happened with a major player like LeBron James somehow didn't get vaccinated and he could, you know like you would be that interested whether you're a LeBron a LeBron James fan or not but as a basketball fan you would be obsessed with okay wow LeBron really filed an appeal oh my god he's really taking uh the NBA to court you know <laughs> that's how I've been feeling about this thing because uh I've I, I watch in love tennis a whole lot so and for Novak to be world number one yeah the case was very it it, it was a big big deal for not for for definitely tennis fans but really the world you know or anybody who cares about this pandemic uh, and anyone that cares about just doing the right thing and maybe even those that care about you know the who are passionate about you know vaccine mandates and personal choice there are so many feelings all like kind of tied up together in this thing and as I've said before, I respect people's choices. Uh, if you don't want to get vaccinated, I, I I don't look at you sideways. I just say, hey, that's your choice. Just don't come near me. Just be careful. Don't force your way into places that require vaccination. And, you know, take care of yourself and hopefully you don't get ill. That's every choice has a consequence. And for Djokovic getting booted out of Australia that perhaps might sting for years to come for him but again he's very very resilient (laughs) he is his mental he is absolutely ridiculous mentally so he might survive this mentally and recover but as far as playing tennis the French have passed actually passed a law today requiring vaccines for everybody so the french open at this as it stands is out for djokovic unless of course he gets vaccinated forget about new york the u.s open like 
look at Kyrie Irving. <laughs> he's a U.S. citizen, but he can't even play in his own country because the particular state in which his team plays has strict mandates. So, hey, what about somebody that's not even a, a citizen? Djokovic, I wish you all the best. Get some rest. Enjoy some love and hugs from your family that adore you. And, you know, every action has a consequence. We must live with the results of our choices. And this was your choice. You could have very, very well won the 10th Australian Open, 21st Grand Slam. But here we are. And that's a wrap on this Djokovic story. Next week, it is back to happier, happier, happier thoughts and less, you know, about people's choices and vaccines and Djokovic and so forth. Thanks for listening. Take care. Be safe. Until next time.